King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock it's all legendary, it's all necessary. We all been all stars before February. And after that, King and Gates after rack. Man, here we go. Episode two, Bridging the Gap, BTG Nation. We're here. Let's give it a nice little round of applause for the consistency, right? <laughs> let's let's get that in there. Cause King, let's let's keep it a buck. This is tough, man. Man, you never cease to amaze me how you pr- uh Always pat yourself on the back. No, it's not just me. It's us. Let's, let's bring it back in. I hate, Man. I hate that shit. I know, I know. But we, but think about it. I mean, it's Tuesday night. It's rush hour. It's in the middle of everything. And, and if they knew before the episode, you running around doing stuff. I got our young guy here. He's doing a bunch of editing for for a project that's about to jump. I'm on the phone with our um, our payment gateway people trying to get some stuff together. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a con- <laughs> we constantly work. It's 24-7 you start a business. But I'm just talking about, I just think you always take this time to be like, look what I and I said, because you got the nice studio and everything set up in your apartment. Like, this is like 10 times better than what I had. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying the effort, hold on, hold the on. effort was different when it came to this one. What did I say before the podcast started, Illy? I was just, I, I said, yo, if you knew where we, we started. I said, if you knew where we started. But that ain't the point. The point <laughs> is, this one, because it's his apartment, it's more effort and energy put into it. Yeah. Well, I, let's be real. I, I put a lot of effort and energy into this. Because remember, who's ta- doing the editing? I'm talking about the first one. Yeah. But the first one, we were starting that during COVID. We didn't know what we were doing either. Tell the truth. <laughs> Ain't no, we was messing. Yeah, you had me go up. buy curtains for my. Li- I, I wasn't <laughs> buying curtains for my living room either. But they they turned out to be good though. Shut you know up, you can man. control the temperature. But BTG Nation, what's up, man? It's your young OG here, Ryan Yates. We're here with my OG. Um, you guys know JK, Jupac, Jules the Jeweler, um, Oscar the Grouch, Donut Bandit. You know my guy is here. We didn't give you a lot of energy last time because we were just happy to be here. <laughs> A lot of disrespect tonight. I know that. It's love, baby. <laughs> after I w- after what I went through to get here, I shouldn't be getting this, man. No, it's love, man. This is how we show love, man. We're bridging the gap, baby. As you guys know, we're live from Dubai, um, year four in the in the desert. You know, H HMD is growing. Um, right here on this area, right here, you'll see Hoop Mountain DXB, our Instagram and TikTok. And over here, you'll see our website, hoopmountain.ae, um, which shout out to PMG Marketing Team that helped us upgrade new branding, new logo, new everything, you know, real professional right there. Mm-hmm. You know, things done got serious. Um, and as always, you guys can check in with us anywhere, anytime. Um, you know, this is a basketball experience, a culture. Everybody is welcome to. So. Let's get right into it, big dog. How how has your day been so far, though? You know, it's middle of the week. What's up? All right. <laughs> I, I'm not going to complain. I'm uh-huh. not going to complain. I just, 
I was busy all day, of course, you know. I got a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I had girls practice today at WSO, mm-hmm. you know. Got a quick workout in. That was my second workout of the past month because I was under under the weather a little bit. Yeah. But um, I was good until I was coming here. This You picked the worst time of the day to try to have this podcast, man. It's rush hour. I was in traffic for two and a half hours, basically. In the Mini Cooper. In the Mini Cooper. I mean, the Mitsubishi, the Lancer. That's the joint from Fast and Furious. Tell him to stop playing, y'all. He got a speed racer. Shut up, man. <laughs> With the wing on the back. I was 6'6 six, six when I left. I'm 6'1 now. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, it's the red one, Yo, too. We get, yeah, it's, it ain't yeah, funny, man. We got to get that shit up. I remember when you picked me up from the airport when I first got out. When I, first, I was like... <laughs> I was like, this us? But remember, I warned you. I said, yo, as long as it starts up, yeah, you know, yeah. ain't got AC. We all right for now. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, we got to talk about this traffic. Nah, it's getting worse. For I real. thought it was going to let up a little bit when the expo was over. It's getting worse. But, but be specific. Why is Dubai traffic terrible? It's the drivers, man. Oh, man. This is one of the most sophisticated cities in the world. Um. With in terms of technology and, yeah. and how everything's set up, and nobody follows the rules. Listen, that's nobody. This is the case where Dubai looks shiny, is big time, is fifteen years ahead, yeah. but the people yeah. haven't caught up right. to the end to what the structure is like. Because man, what are you guys in a hurry for? Oh, let me correct that too. I don't want to make anybody mad. One of the most sophisticated Emirates. Yes. Because I know how people say don't say city is yes, right. okay. Emirates. Yeah. But for us, it's it's like a city for yeah, us. So. For sure. But yeah, I mean, nobody follows, the, nobody. I don't care if you got a car that's $300,000 with all the latest gadgets, whatever. You don't follow the rules. Man. It's crazy. And, and you look at it and you're like, why are you driving like this? Right. Like, it's you could be a tank with gas in it. It could be something hazardous. It could, they just switch lanes. They pushing people off. Like, turn to one lane. Like, yo, get over. I'm looking over. Like, you don't even know if there's a woman that's with a child in the car. Right. Or nothing. And you just... Probably my, my, my biggest um, issue with it, there's an exit up ahead. Oh, and, and everybody's... We're jam-packed in there. And somebody is not going to just merge over and wait their turn. They're going to speed up go to the end of the exit and then just crash in at the moment because they know that you ain't going to scratch up your car. You don't want to get in an accident. You're just going to let them go. And then when they get in, they don't even throw a hand up. Nothing. 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 And we talked about this before because it, but it's so bad. We got to say it again because everybody, I had, um when I was going to get the lights and everything, because you know, we're on a budget, right? Yep. You always remind me. So I, the lights I wanted to get, no, you got to remind me because I need it to sometimes. So you hit me and you're like, yo, blah, blah, blah. And you weren't even telling me a budget about the podcast. You were telling me a budget about the, you know, business, who mounts the other business. And so I was like, man, I got to go to Dragon Mart, right, and get some get some stuff. Because the lights I was going to get, $700 to get the Dragon Mart, I got them for 90% less. <laughs> and you see they still shining, right? right, right. You just got to get some things. And when I'm walking around and I'm like, yo, Dubai should not be this way right now. Like, these people do not understand the blessing that they have at their hand. Like, we got to tighten up, man. Got to. We got to tighten up because it doesn't make any type of sense. But what I do know is, is that people are getting sick of the British way of doing things. Mm. <laughs> and you know how we've been quiet about what Dubai is really like? 
Right. Because people, when I went to Dragon Mart, I kind of showed a little bit of my bargaining right. when I was there. You know, you have to speak in the Arab English. Right. right? You know, I got Spanglish. Right, right. But there's Arab English, too. Right. You, my friend, my friend. No, no, no buy, no sell. Right, right. <laughs> Habibi, all the little things to get a deal. And people were laughing at me. It was like, yo, why are you, you just switched up? And I was like, listen, Dubai is not what you think. Right, right. There's people hustling. There's people trying to get to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not yeah. everybody's not the 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 top level, top end of the you know financial status. Of, you know, it's the, not all Bentley Bentegas yeah. and Maybachs. Like everybody's working hard, man. Just like everywhere else, but yep. it's just the fact that here you can be somebody that's just trying to earn an honest living. Yep, and you can still live a lavish life for sure because they have those type of amenities around, but. It's a hustle, my dog, for, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah, so, we know that. Yeah, so, um, but that's a good thing to hear, though. We are here again, um, you know, episode two. Episode one, we were just happy to get it up. But um, before we roll into the pod, I got to make an announcement, right? Um, it, as we said before in the first episode, sometimes it's tough for us to keep going. Um Everybody sees the progress over the you know last two and a half years or so, three seasons. Like, wow, you guys are doing good. And, you know, the same question they ask about who Mountain is about the pies. Like, so who helps you guys? So who puts that stuff together? Right, right. So who does this? Who does that? Um, you know, I I drag Coach King in here because I know he got a lot of stuff other ways. And this is my half to where I'm like, yo, Coach, I think this can work for us, right? And he's like, all right. I know this is going to be good because you're going to put some effort into it. And so we do a lot, a lot of money, a lot of money in our own pocket, that entrepreneurial stuff. You got to eat a lot of cost, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the podcast makes us zero dollars, at least not tangibly. We may have gotten a couple followers, a couple new uh, Hoop Mountain kids for it. But, you know, we had a, it was a struggle getting up for this one, especially now being married and, and, you know, having even more responsibility. And so over the weekend, the NBA was here. Right, they were here from um, really the whole week last week, but the games right. were Thursday and Saturday, right? And so for me, I was like, man, I, for one, I got to teach my wife. You, you can't, we can't be married, and you don't know what you're looking at at the game. <laughs> I said, we got to go do some things. We got to go make sure we feel some atmosphere. And so we at the game. We go Friday because Fab is doing a concert. Okay. Um, Shaq is there hosting it and got some cool things going around. And so I'm in there chilling, you know, meeting up with my guy, Kenny. Shout out to Kenny. We'll get him on a, on a pie soon. Um, Kenny Smith from the Shy. And I meet up with another guy who's um, been a black guy from New York, been in uh, Abu Dhabi for seven years, mm-hmm. works in finance. Um, I might get him on and teach us about uh, NFTs and stocks and stuff. Sure. And so I'm chilling, talking to these guys. Actually, I'm with my wife first, and a random guy comes up and, like, sticks his hands out to shake her hand. And, you know, we're Muslim, and in a Muslim country, you don't reach out, you don't touch another, period, right? And so my wife was like, yo, I'm married. My husband's right here. But she's recognizing him from somewhere. And so the guy's, like, super happy. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is that? I'm, I'm looking at her. I'm going to uh, my uh, American <laughs> side. She ain't seen before. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Right, right. Right? And he's like, um, yo, I, I know her. I know you from TikTok. Because my wife has like 12,000 TikTok followers. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me what that <laughs> means. But it's going around. She's like, I seen you from TikTok. And then he says, you from Bridging the, Bo- the Gap Podcast. And mind you, this is a guy that's a local guy. I think his name was Muhammad. I, I don't know him personally. I don't know him from anything. He just, I know you from the podcast, right? And we're in the middle of the Fab concert, and we're at an NBA event in Abu Dhabi, 
right? That's like being in D.C. and driving to Baltimore, right. whole new space. You're not supposed to be known there, right? And you get there and somebody's like, yo, I see you. And so I immediately right there, that gives me a little like, I'm like, oh, that's dope, you know? So at first I was, you know, hardening up to see like, why are you talking to my wife, you know? But then he just come to show love and was like, yo, you guys are dope. And so I look at my wife and she's like, yo, cool, that's, that's, that's dope, mashallah. And then at the end of the night, me and the guys, Kenny, my man, Mike, a new friend, and my wife were talking, laughing, joking. Um, and somebody comes tapping on my shoulder. Right? I'm like, what's going on? He compliments me on my shoes. And he says, yo, tell coach. I said, what's up? I'm like, what? He was like, yo, Bridging the Gap podcast. I follow you guys. I, I like what you guys are doing. It's dope. And I'm like, yo, that's the second person today. And it's like, you know, we we aren't like, you know, if you get into the numbers game and you watch somebody else's journey, you're like, dang, we only got 600 followers on, on Instagram, only 133 subscribers here, and only it's 300, 400 people on TikTok. And we got some other people that may have more, and you kind of compare your impact on that, right? And you really can't when it comes to people. And so when he he said, man, I love what you guys do. Um, I appreciate it. You know, I'm looking forward to the season and you guys keep pushing. And for me, that made, that um, that probably was the best thing I heard. One of the best things since we started getting reviews mm-hmm. in like the last two years. Because you always, when you just working, 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 you never know if your stuff is working out. You never know if it's impacting. You never know if it's going to the right place. You're just like... Here we go. And, and shout out to my guy. Um, it's Sal Ming 2 on IG. Um, thank you. You know, this BTG Nation is really a family. And so we, we we like for you guys, if you see me out, you see Coach out, say what's up, you know. You ain't seeing Coach out. You're not going to see Coach out, but I'm outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside. Yo, turn that AC off for me, Illy. Uh, I'm outside. So um, shout out to you guys. You know, we appreciate you. And um, you keeping us pushing for sure. So, I just come to let y'all know. Stop, put some respect on my name. Let's go. We here. You here. Know what I'm saying my name. Put we some here. On. Listen, listen, listen. Man, <laughs> she didn't got That's serious. serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, baby. Well, let's get into it, man. Um, Abu Dhabi NBA experience, the basketball. We know that's huge for the Middle East because it's the first time in the Middle East yep. that it's here. Um, uh, you got a lot of messages from my parents didn't about about that Thursday. Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were, a lot of our kids, families went there and uh, had a great time. And, I mean, <laughs> I got a, probably a thousand pictures of Shaq and some of the other NBA, you know, greats and, uh, you know, the current players, whatnot. And they just loved it, man. You could tell that uh, first time for them and, and I, I can honestly say most of them said if it weren't for Hoop Mountain, we probably wouldn't have gone. Because the, their kids' love for the game has grown so much. And so they want to see what the, the highest level looked like. Yo, man. Let me, so let me keep it basketball for now, okay. right? And I didn't go to the first game. Giannis played in that game. You know, and they and the, uh, Murray played in that game. They said Murray looked good, too. Okay. Giannis looked like Giannis. Second game was when I went to. Murray didn't play, and Giannis didn't play. But Trey Young. Trey Young put up 31 in two quarters. Now, let me get – this is the perfect segue. My wife asked me, she says, how come in a, um, some of the black basketball players are, are more well-known in bigger brands? And, like, what makes the difference between players? 
And as she, she said that early in the first quarter because we got there late, right? And I said, hold on, just watch. Not knowing exactly what Trey was going to do, but Trey, Trey goes off, 31, right? Steve Harvey, Shaq, and then it's a, a, a important guy from the Abu Dhabi government or whatever sitting next to each other, right? And then next to the Hawks bench, Trey go off for like 16 straight points. 16 straight, spin moves, Trey ball, all, all Drew Holiday on them. Um, the guy from West Virginia, Javon Carter, picking him up. He brought his bag with him. Brought, listen, and then he had a couple times when he threw the ball between Bobby Porter's legs and then Bobby Porter's grabbed him, and the crowd goes wild. Mm-hmm. And they say, whoa, and then they, they follow him. Trey walks over to where the crowd is, hands up, get everybody going crazy. And, that's his and I turn to my wife, you see, that is a superstar. Yeah. A professional, 16 straight. Making sure it gets happened, 31 and a half, but then he plays to the crowd. Right. Making sure that he knows that it's entertainment yeah, that has to right, be here. And right. I can see Giannis on the side biting his nails, right, upset because right. he wanted to be out there doing right. his thing too. But you talk about box office, and we say things that, well, like, Kawhi's not box office. Certain guys aren't box office. But a guy like Trey Young. He's a showman. He's a showman. You know, you talk about Kyrie, you talk about Luca. So, so now I expect Trey Young shooter go up. You know what I'm saying? All those <laughs> all those kids are going to be looking and going to remember right. everything that he did that day. And he knew that. Right. That's from that Kobe thing, that MJ thing to where he knows. Because it was filled to the top. Nosebleeds. Where was it? Um, the Ithiot Arena mm. on, um, okay. on uh, I think it's Saudi Island or Yas Island. I'm sorry. Right? And so I'm yeah. like, that's the a, difference. They had a nice court and everything set up? It was It was banging. Mm. 18,000 in a venue that can fit. Okay. Um, you know, the NBA did a great job. The marketing team did a great job setting up an NBA district. There's an NBA store now in Abu Dhabi um, in the Yas Mall, so you can get jerseys. Not enough Laker gear in there for me, but that's another story. <laughs> got to win something. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> they, got it. they got enough of it, but not enough. And so they got shoes, basketballs in there now, too. You know, they're hitting them overhead, but they're Wilson. Um, and so they had an NBA district that's near the Lorf, uh, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, museum. Um, and in there, they had like a, you know, a stage, um, food, different type of things all around. Uh, a big media board wall like we're going to have for Who Mountain. So they set it up nice, you know. Shaq was here, Vince Carter was here, Chris Bosh, Isaiah Thomas. Was, yeah, Zeke. Dominique Wilkins, you know, all of those guys were here. Um, but... The basketball is coming. And that was going to be interesting to watch how basketball grows because now the NBA is here. Right. The only thing is, is that people are going to run to the logo, right, at first. There's a run to the logo saying, all right, wherever the NBA thing is, right. they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the basketball part was dope. Right. Okay. Yeah. I want to go back to um, something you said earlier about now that you being Muslim, uh, your wife is Muslim, of course. Mm-hmm. And you said that young man put his hand out towards your wife. You said, you know, being a Muslim, you know, you don't do that. Yeah. Now, I was just thinking back at the crib, you don't reach out to a man's yeah. woman. You reach out and shake the man's hand first. Yes, yeah. And then you go to a woman. So. Yes, yes. Well, well, he is Muslim, though. Right. So he really should know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And so, But I think what he was like, because he was saying, hello, how are you doing? Right, and he wasn't sure and everything, so but he was just hyped, you know. He was smiling and jumping the whole time. I was like, Man, this is crazy, <laughs> this is crazy, but um, but yeah, it was it was good to see that, like, it was good to see real basketball. That was that was the thing to where I was like, Yo, I'm watching somebody run sets, you know, I'm, I'm watching you know, paint, touch, kick, shot, 
you know, back screen here, talking on defense. Spacing. Like, spacing. Yeah. Spacing. You know, I'm watching, you know, they're letting the assistant, head assistant coaches, the younger guys, lead, right, especially on the Buck side. It was mm-hmm. a black guy that, that um, Budenholzer was let coach the whole game. Um, and so that was dope watching them manage. You know, something that you would do. Like, let me go, and then at the end of the game, critique me, teach me how to go through some things. So it was dope to watch that. That's um, awesome. Because, you know, I'm watching everything, right? Um, but how were some of the reactions you were hearing from parents? Some of them just couldn't believe how how big and how <laughs> fast some of those guys were guys were for their for their size and um, how skilled some of them were, you mm-hmm. know, and how they made difficult things look easy. And I just kept saying that's why they're called professionals, yeah, because they can do that over and over on a consistent basis, you know. And that's why there's different levels to professionals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, those guys are they get paid the big bucks to put on the show. And I asked I asked our hoop stars that did go after that because we still had training. I said, how many people did you see doing all those dribble moves you see on Instagram or that you try to show me? And they they all said all of them. I think I said no. You only saw Trey Young doing that. Yeah, and he was getting somewhere with it though. And every time he scored or he had a great pass, but everybody else they had to be ready on the catch. <laughs> Right? Or they had to get it off the rebound. Right. Right. There's a young buck, though, um, Griffin from Duke. Uh, he's going to be nice. I can't remember. I don't, and I don't even like Duke. You know I don't like Duke. But he's going to be very, very solid. So and he got, a, he, he got a body, too, as a youngin. Like he's only like 19 or so. And he out there looking like like a monster. Mm-hmm. Catching, he, trade ball, everything. So it's a guy to watch out for. Um, but this is my thing, Okay. <sighs> Shaq was bored out here, dog. <laughs> what what you mean, man? Shaq was not feeling the crowd. He was not feeling the energy of these entertainers, the entertainment stuff that they had. So there were a lot of YouTubers here, right? There were some Bollywood stars here. And Bollywood, we don't know anything about that. But they have like 40 million, 130 yeah. million. Like, it's just different over there, it's right? Different. Then they got some YouTubers popping around. Um, you know, it's a different side of the world, so it's different. But for the entertainment that they had, like what Shaq was hosting, Shaq was bored, big dog. Shaq was like, they they had these guys doing tricks with the basketball, and they tried to get Shaq to do it. Shaq said no. <laughs> <laughs> said, literally, Drake said, nah. He said, I can't. I can't do it. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Like it was just, And the crowd was terrible. So that's the, that's, the crowd terrible. that's the thing, right? The culture of basketball is coming, and it's well, the basketball game, the industry itself is coming, the NBA is coming, but the atmosphere around the NBA, like how people get invested in teams, how people know what to cheer for, all of that, that starts at the grassroots level, right? So the right. games were pretty quiet, right? Even at the events, you know, I hate going to concerts here because people don't know the words to the music, right? <laughs> and so people, Fabulous is performing. Fabulous is going crazy. And people just looking like, yeah, yeah. And just the phone's out the whole time. So the basketball game was like that too. Right. To where it was like they don't really understand what they're watching or what they're, what they're going to. And so that's where we come in and we're trying to change because that atmosphere, the NBA game, really the college atmosphere is more enticing. It's more intense. Right into the playoffs time. You, yeah, to the playoffs. To the playoffs. High school games, AAU games, right at the grassroots levels. But around here, there aren't enough of those to where people see like, okay, I can come to the game and I can cheer. Right, right. Because just naturally, um, you don't really see the personality of 
the people around here when they're out. Everybody kind of is reserved, kind of stoic, kind of, you know, trying kind of afraid to show personality. And so at the NBA game, you got to yell. <laughs> you hey, know, you, you definitely paid enough for those tickets, so you got to get your money's worth. And if you bought a beer... <laughs> If any people are buying alcohol and stuff too, you know that hit the price too. Yeah, yeah, oh man, yeah, yeah, it's going crazy. They hit you on the head with that, yeah, yeah. So that's the one thing I would say is that although the NBA is coming, the people got to be prepared for these events, right? Because the fun you have is going to be based on the people there, right? It's the at the end of the day, it's an empty arena, and so when you fill it with people, we're supposed to bring the energy. But they don't know how to bring yeah, that. But that's up. That's up to us and the, you know yeah. the other um, Academy. academies teaching basketball, and that's up to the schools. Yeah, because you know we we one thing we always talked about since we've been here is um, the the local high schools have leagues, but the the casual fan you know is not allowed to come in. So you know if you're not <clears throat> if you're not promoting your school, your team, you know, and allowing you know all the students to come in and and their parents and their friends and. I mean, you can't start any rivalries. You're not going to build up that that fan base that you need. You know? Man. And just to understand, like we keep saying, like, you know, we never want to be the only academy. We never want all of the kids. You know, we want 2,000. We want you to have 2,000. We want you guys to have 2,000 so we can build something yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll last. And Healthy strong. basketball environment. Yeah. We got it. We got to give more communication and more people on the same page so that we can get there. Like, we're going to compete you know, I always make this same thing. Like when you get prop Joe at the table and Marlo comes in, like we like Marlo right now. We walking in, like we trying to set some new rules that's gonna make sure everybody eat though. And man, you gotta know you gotta let everybody know what you reference in, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna drop some videos. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, I'm gonna give okay. them that the little okay. wire joints. But that's the thing. That's the only that's my only thing is that the NBA is coming, yes. And we need that. That's gonna be great for us. It's gonna be great for everybody if we do the things the right way. But on the other end is we got to prepare so that the NBA, they got paid already, so they're going to be here, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you got to prepare to make it an enticing place to be, right? Right? To where it's like whenever you walk into the gym here, the energy is crazy. In Europe, you got flares going off at the game. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> right, just, right, it's, right. Just, it's just different. It's just different. And so um, in, in the Arab community, I've seen them when they're excited about something. You know, they had their own way. In college, we had Saudi nationals at our games, and we had um, people from, I believe, Qatar and Kuwait and different things. And when I got close with them, they would come to our games. They would be up there yelling, screaming, horns, bells, <laughs> whistles, everything. Normal college fans. Yeah, joining the party and giving us their own flair. And so it's like we're in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and we have our, you know, our like Duke Cameron crazy type things. But then we got our guys from Saudi that's giving them the, the cultural impact of like, this is how we cheer our guys on. I would like to see that added to the basketball culture here. That's the one thing that I, my observation, because I was like, man, I'm falling asleep at a basketball game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. And so before we jump into the next place, um, I'm only going to briefly mention this. We talked about that French cat. We talked about the French cat and, uh, and, and Scoot Henderson last episode briefly mm -hmm. and we're going to do it briefly here but i see what you're doing media the media hype train for the for that that french cat is crazy do not forget about scoot henderson homegrown young buck that been 17 
in the G League playing grown men and killing. He a star too. You know, the attention you push into the media, to the French cat, is going to take away from his back. And don't forget about your homegrown people. I, I like I like the French cat. It's cool and all that. But you guys have done this before. Yeah, <laughs> You've done this gonna before. Take, he's going to go number two. Right. But he can go number two and still get the, some number two publicity. He's, gonna he's get, not getting that. But listen, at the end of the day, he's going number two. He's going to get crazy endorsements. This is what this has been going on for years, man. Where they lock on to somebody who they think is number one, clear cut, and then the number two, number three, number four. But this is this is what I'm saying. I and my guy Kenny brought it to my attention. They're asking Braun, they're asking Luca, they're asking all the top dogs, right? Basically, once you get a Braun stamp of approval, and the media is like, yeah, he's you know he's an alien. He's and and Braun did give Scoop some love, but you know what? They didn't put that out anywhere. Right. And so you talk about just the visibility, the awareness of where, and then, you know, they throw this out. They said that they project whoever, whatever team drafts Victor, I mean, the French cat, I'm not saying his name, <laughs> whatever team dra- drafts the French cat is going to bring in an extra $500 million. <laughs> Come on. What's Scoot going to bring you? You know what I'm saying? What, well, what's Scoot market value? And again, yeah, I, I do think he's, you know, I understand the NBA is trying to. It's international, international man. It's getting They're here. trying to get another cat from a different country to come into the NBA because that's a whole, yeah. that's another probably 15 to 20% in, in terms of, um, you know, market share that's coming in, man. All I'm saying is, one, is he really from France? Because you know how they do over there. I know. Whenever a black kid come, and, you know, Giannis is clearly from Nigeria. <laughs> I think, uh, I think um, I'm think i not sure exactly where uh, Joel Embiid is from, but I know he's from Africa, um, maybe Sierra Leone. I don't know. But he's not from France, and they're no. trying to claim him. And then if we talk about French dudes, right, you're going to try to sell me on this French cat. Tony Parker, ain't it? Yeah. Nicholas Batum. Ain't it? Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Rudy Gobert, 200 plus million, though. He, he, he did get hey, Rudy defensive Gobert. player of the year. That's yeah, our fault. Man. We're going to talk about that later. He's seven foot with blonde hair, and too. Then, I hate it. I, I know, man. I know. And, um, and Tony and, Parker is, you know, even though he ain't what. Hey, we, yeah, he, nah, he is a. Nah. He's a Hall of Famer, though. Yeah, he ain't supposed to be. Shout out to Stack, you know, all the smoke. Like, you keep it at a buck. And, and Steven Jackson, you ain't the only one that, that knew what was really up with Tony Parker. <laughs> Not for sure. And then you got the guy that New York, that New York drafted, Frank Frank in something. Frank, oh, N- man. N- to Kalika or yeah, something like that. Some, yeah. Another French cat. Yeah. So you're not going to sell me and start saying that I saw Jalen Rose said he trade everybody in the NBA for this French cat <laughs> except for Joker, Giannis, and Luca. That's that's crazy, right? And then I'm seeing I'm seeing Richard Jefferson say stuff like he's the best prospect prospect since Le- matter of fact he said if him and LeBron <laughs> were coming out in the same year. He wouldn't even look at LeBron. He'd go right at, at this guy. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, crazy. Uh, crazy. I'm you know, this kid is skilled. Yeah, he's, he's very. tall. But LeBron was a grown man. Come on, man. Come on. LeBron. I see what y'all are doing, man. I see what y'all are doing. Listen, y'all. Hey, man, it's business, man. They 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 starting to act like these record companies. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on behind the scenes. A little Millie Vanilli going on. And if he don't live up to it, I'm just saying, 
you know, I'm just saying, but, you know, but speaking of Braun, right, let me just go ahead and hit this before I jump in. What? Man, shit ain't got serious. Listen, LeBron legacy is unreal. Unreal. And so, shout out to Bronny. Shout out to DJ Wagner. Shout out to Juju Watson. Um, shout out to... There were like two young ladies on that list, right? Yeah, two more. Uh, let me make sure I get their names right. Oh, man. And I think it's Haley Cooper and... Um, man, ain't that Ilias' job to get that? Nah, man. You know, he don't know what he's looking like. He's <laughs> he's still trying to figure out what a good breakfast is, you know? Um, Haley Cooper and Caitlin Clark from Ohio, Iowa. Shout out to them for signing Nike deals under the NIL breakdown. All right. Now, DJ Wagner, Juju Watson, she was two-time player of the year in uh, L.A. for high school. She's still in high school. And Bronny, obviously, is still in high school. She's a dog. <laughs> She's a dog. So shout out to them for making history and setting the table for the next era of Hoopers under that Nike realm. And Bron, man, just I, the Bron commercial you sent me. <laughs> and Listen, Bron's legacy is different. It's crazy, man. We're gonna have to spend a whole episode talking about it because LeBron, LeBron took what MJ did and mastered it, made it even greater. Like, yeah, MJ was a fanatic basketball wise competitor, ultimate competitor, crazy. He had a little bit of swag at that time, but he he didn't age like Bron is, and then Bron was a master chess player. Everybody around him, everybody around him played their part and then took his empire up while making their own. And now he's doing the same thing for his kids. And that's where I say his legacy is going to be completely different than MJ. Because even even if LeBronny and Bryce don't do anything else after high school, they've already set a precedent that's unmatched, right? It's rivaling that King Griffey Jr., King Griffey Sr. thing. It's amazing. And so, you know, I show my love to that. And you've lived through all of those eras, right? Which is dope and amazing, right? So, like, what has that been like seeing that? Hold on, slow up, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. You seasoned vet. We got to appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, but don't say, don't say it like that and, and you got a little laugh behind it. I don't like that shit. It was your face, man. <laughs> man, it's just, you know, MJ is my favorite player of all time. But, you know, LeBron is right there in my top three. And it's just when you can dominate on the court and off the court in the business world and um, mm-hmm. and what LeBron has done in terms of like, you know, making sure everybody that's around him is doing their part and they're successful at it. I mean, just, you know, these are, these are cats who get opportunities from someone who is gifted and, and, and had a um, had a lot of success and they took it, their opportunity and they ran with it and they stayed loyal. You just don't find that too often, man. And this this guy is a mogul. He's going to own a team in Vegas. He's going to own a team in Vegas at some point and his his kids are going to play on that team. Oh, I didn't even tell you. Um, him, and, him and Draymond just bought a pickleball team. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know what that is going to look um, like, yeah. but and and briefly, you know that the the TBT, the basketball tournament. Yep. Those guys, what they have been doing is so dope anyway over the last decade. Right. So now they're venturing off into soccer. Mm. They're doing it, calling the TST, 
the soccer tournament. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be crazy because you know now you open it up to international pools, seven on seven soccer, and you make that international. So they're starting off immediately, thirty two teams, one million. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be insane. And yeah. so, shout out to those guys. We love to see somebody's project yeah. that starts small. You know, the Elam ending is crazy. I remember the first one. I yeah. was at the first one in Philadelphia. At um, uh, it was called Philadelphia Textile at the time. Now it's called um, Jefferson. Oh, that's yeah. that's dope, man. That's dope. And so, shout out to those guys. I definitely want to see them win. Um, but yeah, we gotta show that love for Brian. But we're about to jump into um, some of the topics that we got on schedule, but I want to kind of, I want to, I got to, I was trying to find a way to implement this, this theme, the common theme for, I think, just life and what we're going to talk about today. And ironically enough, um, I got a video for it, right? And so I'm going to play this here. It's about two minutes long. We'll let everybody listen to it. A couple days ago. And one of the things we talked about was um, how we all wait in life for things to get easier. Think in your own life if you've waited for something to get easier. Oh, I just got to get through this and then it'll be easy. I just got to get through preseason and then it'll be okay. I've just got to get through my junior year of high school and then the classes are going to get easier. Or I've just got to get to my spring and my senior year of college and it's going to be easier. It's what we do. We wait for stuff to get easier. It will never get easier. What happens is you handle hard better. That's what happens. Most people think that it, it's going to get easier. Life is going to get easier. Basketball is going to get easier. School's going to get easier. It never gets easier. What happens is you become someone that handles hard stuff better. So that's a mental shift that has to occur in each of your brains. It has to. Because if you go around waiting for stuff to get easier in life, it's never going to happen. And then what happens? Oh, it's so hard. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, this, I don't know. When, it, when is it going to be easy for me? Oh, it's easy for other people. It's not. It's hard. And the second we see you handling stuff, handling hard better, what are we going to do? We're going to make it hard. We're going to make it harder. Because we're preparing for you for when you leave here. Not just basketball and life. And if you think life, when you leave college, is going to be all of a sudden get easy because you graduated and you got a new degree, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. So make yourself a person that handles hard well. Not someone that's waiting for the easy. Because if you have a meaningful pursuit in life, it will never be easy. If you're trying to win a championship, if you're trying to have a family, Ask your parents, do you think it was ever easy for them to raise kids? Karen, is it easy? It's not. Any meaningful pursuit in life, if you want to be successful at it, it goes goes to the people that handle hard well. Those are the people that get the stuff they want. People that wait around for easy, you've probably seen them at the bus stop. They're waiting for easy, the easy bus to come around. Easy bus never comes around. Got to handle hard. Okay, so don't get discouraged through this time, if it's hard, don't get discouraged. It's supposed to be. And don't wait for it to be, oh, I just got to get through the summer. And then it'll all of a sudden get easy in the fall. No, it won't. It won't. It won't get easy in the fall. So make yourself someone that handles hard well. Man. And then whatever comes. I'm talking about King. Could she have said it any better? 
That was perfect. For those of you who don't know, that is Kara Lawson. She is a highly decorated former WNBA player. Um, she's actually from Virginia, West Springfield, and so she's a legend around the area I grew up in. And now, currently, she is the head coach of the Duke women's basketball team. Um, and man, and she went to Tennessee, played under Pat Summit. Yep, right? she knows hard. And so, and so, when you hearing her give those messages, and she got those from the legend herself. But man, King, we're not even going to talk about that yet. But that's the thing. Right. That's what that's what when we talk about the athletes that we're watching, when we talk about what we're doing together, right. When we talk about how we talk to our, our youth and we're trying to mentor them. Um some of the even at this age, we're mentoring our peers. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And that's the common thing. And so when we go right into this next segment, Draymond Green. Mm. Draymond Green. Right. By now you guys have seen the Superman right stiff jab to Jordan Poole's chin or that might have been his eye or his nose. I don't know. Draymond got one of them long joints. Yeah, he got <laughs> that, that reach over there but like oh, shit. <laughs> man, there's only man, there's only one way to put it, man. He 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 messed up. He messed up. He crossed the line. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, Jordan pushed him but you can't approach a man's space and get up in his face and expect someone to just let let that ride. All right, all right, all right. I I, I hear I hear that, right? But we know, right? right. You play pro, right? right? You've been in spaces, we've been in practices, even in high school, college, right. where right. fights have happened. Of right? course. Amongst basketball players, this is not an uncommon thing, right? Right. But when I watched the video, it looked like whatever coach was running that drill was still up top talking or whatever else. Draymond's over there on the sideline. Saw that. Jordan Poole's over here. Saw that. Draymond is talking. Jordan Poole is talking. Everybody. I see Wiggins looking directly at the coach. I see Steph Curry looking directly at the coach. Everybody acting like they don't see or hear anything. Nobody on the sideline is moving. Nobody on the sideline is doing anything. Even when he walks up into him chest to chest. Right? And so... In that space, you know Draymond is tempered. You guys have been there. You lost KD because of it, right? right? You guys have been around there. You know how that is. You see the text and everything. Nobody did anything to stop anything. True. So what was being said? Right. Right. So we don't know. So basically what you're saying is that it's either pulls out of line and Draymond was maybe trying to get him in line and get him back in a, you know his space, or maybe... Maybe Draymond was out of pocket. This is where I say I think Draymond was really bridging the gap, <laughs> right? And I say this because <laughs> Poole comes from a different era, True. right? I think I think anybody born or that has played after 2010, right? If you have played after 2010, so that's my graduating class, like Kyrie Irving and all them, everybody after that, those kids are a little bit different, a whole lot different. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot different. And you coached them. Right. So you can attest to that, right? Yeah. And we started to see it in college when I was a, I was a, a senior and junior, and I started to see the next group of kids that was coming in. And I was like, oh, these soft. Entitled. Yeah, entitled. A little more entitled. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing is Draymond come from an era where he's from Saginaw, Michigan. He come from a different area. So you say certain things. You're pushing off a certain way. 
you got to return that energy because I'm going to see if it works. Right, right. Right. And I'm looking at Jordan Poole and Jordan Poole looking like, hey, I'm in a safe environment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm feeling myself. <laughs> and I'm about to get paid. Yeah. Right. I don't know what's going to be said, but you know how everybody says basketball players are all talk. Yeah. I just think that, you know, the league has done a great job to clean up the image. And you get fined big bucks if you if you do something stupid right. on the screen. Like you get fined crazy for a tech. Right. After Ron Artest and Steven Jack and them jumped in the in the stands, there been no no fists have been thrown. Which, which was justified. Yeah. And besides Rondo and Chris Paul. <laughs> right. But I'm saying if you look at that, like, I don't know. I think it gotta be a different I want to break it down from a different perspective. Like looking at that, because no coach did anything. And so from a coach's perspective, why didn't anybody try to step up before it got to, I'm going to walk towards them? Right. Again, it could have been a situation where everybody was like, he's going to learn a lesson today. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we're never going to hear everything, you know, in its entirety um, until quite some time. It's going to, you know, when it dies down a little bit, somebody will probably spill the beans on that. But, you know, if no one if no one intervened, they might have been like, okay, let's see if you can handle this situation. You know what I'm saying? That's that's where I'm at with it, right? <laughs> Everybody talking about because he's he he rocked them and then he caught them. He was like, I hit you, but I love you. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he, trust me, Draymond is a dude that no matter what he says or does, he still cares about the team. And he's yeah. a good dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We we don't know, I don't know him personally, but you could just tell. Mm-hmm. Because people still, you know, people still rock with him, but and people kind of take his demeanor the wrong way, but they don't understand he has to be that way to be in the league. Man, it ain't because you got there from Saginaw. They still trying to get clean drinking water around there in Flint, <laughs> right. right? It's it's real, like it's it's a serious thing. You know? And and you know, I've had some scuffles with teammates in practices, like in prep school, and you know, what I'm saying we talk shit. I remember in college when. So we had some freshmen my junior year in open gym, you know, they would all matter of fact, for a couple of months, a couple of weeks in the preseason, they were like having issues with each other. Their roommates beefing, blase, 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 blase. And we're like, look, it's me, my guy Sal, Monday night, the rapper from Richmond. My my best friends, RJ, James, you know, one from Curl, one from Friendly. And so we like, look. <laughs> Y'all gonna get this out one way or another, right? And so in the in one of the open gyms, you know, some fish fly. I don't break it up though. I let them get each get like a good minute off, and then we we break it up, and then you know the dust is settled. Coach coach comes to ask me what happened, and I say it's all right. We handle it internally, yep. right? And it goes. So it, it happens. Sometimes it gotta happen, but. And this was this was gonna be like that too if that video hadn't leaked. Man, that's the thing right yeah, there. Yeah. That's 2022 for your ass. Yeah, yeah. That's somebody that said, you know what? TMZ will give me a nice check for this one. Now the bag is sounding crazy. We heard 2.6 million. What? I heard somebody said 2.6 million. And then I heard somebody else say it was just ten thousand. And then somewhere other another report said it was fifty thousand. It's definitely more than ten thousand because Whoever leaked it lost their job. For sure. So they and, so they had to make it count. <laughs> man, and they might get sued. Right. And they might get sued. But just looking at that, and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play his response in the press conference. And then, you know, you 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 think you give me how you think it'll play. 
it's over a contract or him getting an extension or me getting an extension. Um, I can assure you that's, I don't, I don't count other people's pockets, number one. Um, and so that's, that's not something I would ever start doing. And the way I was raised, that, that is simply hating on another man's situation. And, and you, that's something that you just don't do. You know? And so uh, the one thing that I can assure you is that that had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Um, I think for myself, uh, I was, you know, I am a very flawed human being. Um, and, you know, I, I think I personally know those flaws better than anyone. And uh, the work that I've done to correct those flaws, I think, has been tremendous. And yet, there's still a very long way to go. I think that's a constant work in process. It's, it's way to go. I think that's a constant work in process. Uh, I am a constant work in process, and I'll continue to do that work. Um, I think the day that that took place, I was in a very, very, very bad space mentally. Yeah, um, I bet. Dealing with some things I bet. Uh, in my personal life that that I, quite frankly, not certain that, um, you know, I, I can't sit here and say like, oh, you're dealing with some things in your personal life that that didn't shorten your temper, that that didn't, um, you know, that, that that didn't change your reaction uh, in, in moments. Like, you know, all those things are tied together. And I think that's where you get to see the human being side of us, you know, where, Way to go. Man, so, you know, he made that statement. He's stepping away for the team from a few days, you know, letting the air clear. And mind you, Jordan Poole just popped back up the other night and had 24-7-7 and or something like that in 20 minutes and putting on a nice little show, right? And so, you know, how do how, how do you bounce back, right? From Poole's side, what is it going to look like for Poole? And then what is it going to look for Draymond? And then what does it look like for the Warriors? Mm. For Poole's side, man, it's it's an embarrassing situation to come back from. And he's got to make a a really tough decision in terms of even if they offer me what I want, am I going to stay? Because, you know, depending on what happens to Draymond internally, it's going to help dictate that. Because Poole's got to feel like he's in a safe space. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if not, you know, he's going to, mm, I don't know. You know, because I already won a championship here. My minutes are going to be decreased because Clay's back 100%. You know, some other guys are back. And um, are they going to let me run crazy like I did last year? So if they don't, you know, what's that going to do in terms of, like, my market value? And then also uh, just my, my, my mental now because, I, I've, you know, you can tell that he's playing with a lot of confidence. He feels like he's arrived. So um, what does the league? What does the league do? What does Patrick Beverly do when he's across from Jordan Poole, right? Oh, he's right. going to bring it up. Like, like, like the rest of the league going to test him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Beverly's going to say something <laughs> for the entire time he's out there. Like, no question. That's what I'm saying. It's an embarrassing moment, you know, because uh, it was after the punch. That was it. Right. He didn't, have, he didn't have a chance to retaliate or nothing, you know, so. It's a, it's a sticky situation, though. So, like, so if you're Jordan Poole, that first game out, do you send a message and take that one game suspension and then just, just rock somebody? 
mm. like give a good hard foul or something. Like, mm. like how do you react to that? Because it's like a balance to where you can't overreact because you don't want to let people think that they can get under your skin. But then you got to let people know you ain't saw. Yeah, that's a that's probably what I would do. Because yeah. he's got guaranteed money. So it's, For a, sure. little, it's a little different now. <laughs> you know, that would have been, you know, 20 years ago. You'd be like, nah, I ain't, yeah. can't do it. But yeah, that's a, I definitely would go back at people because, uh, they gonna they gonna test it, man. Man, Pat Pat Bev's gonna be at your neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Edwards, like that whole that whole Western Conference, right? Yeah, it's gonna be tough, man. And so, like I said, the biggest issue is that the video got leaked because without footage, you know, we forget about it. But I ain't gonna never forget. Yeah, we wouldn't know about it. Yeah, we gonna forget. So, what about Draymond? He's in a he he's probably in a tougher space because. Well, let me tell you this first with this in mind. <laughs> They say he's trying to get to LA. Okay. He's doing a damn good job. <laughs> because, you know, one, his play has diminished. Yeah. Um, mm. Two, they probably feel like they have a replacement for him in the next year or two anyway. And three, I mean, he wants a max deal. Yeah. Like this cat, don't get me wrong, he's he's the engine that makes them go. Because no matter what people think out in basketball land, they will be a different team without him. For sure. Like, that's no question. Um, they need his toughness, his rebounding, his basketball IQ, his defense. But this cat is also crazy. Yeah. He wants another big deal. And he only averaged, what, nine points? And, and probably about eight rebounds. Maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's getting older. Yes. You know, he's so, worn down. So, you know. Does he finish the year with the Warriors? I don't think so. You don't think either one of them does, right? I don't think so. Like, why would he take... He got a player option on on the next year too, mm-hmm. of like twenty plus million or something like that. Yeah, he better he better take. <laughs> yeah, so they trade him and who knows? Yeah, I don't see him. I I would see him leaving before pool. Yeah, like I I think if they were to say Draymond staying, then Poole's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's still an interesting situation because Poole got to get paid, Wiggins got to get paid. Oh, Wiggins is up? Yeah, Wiggins and that's the priority is Wiggins and Poole, and then Draymond's not even in that when you think about it in that perspective. Mm. But now, the NBA, you've always talked about it, vets talk about it, the NBA coaches and the organizations, they remind you, you got to play the money. I I think I sent you a video about how um, in practice, some of the guys is only getting $500,000, right? Forgot who sent it. They killed some of those guys in their first First lineup, right. but you only making five hundred thousand, and Bossman paying him ten mil. You got to chill out, yeah. right? I think Gilbert says it's a couple of guys. They told him you got to pull it back because we got to play the money. So Clay, I think like forty million or something like that, and you know he's been hurt, mm-hmm. and so this is his time to get that money back, right? In performance, and so as you mentioned, somebody's minutes is going to be hit. So how do they play? Pool Wiggins and. Steph and Clay. It's, it's gonna be tough without Draymond. It's, yeah, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> I mean, it, his minutes were, you know, in, in the playoffs last year, his minutes, a few games, mm-hmm. were down just because Clay was back. Yeah, and he and Clay can he can do whatever he wants to get through the rhythm. Yep. So Draymond, you know, murky water. You want to get out of there. Most people don't stay their whole career with one organization anyway. Right. 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 And so it's your time to get out of there. So uh, interesting way to do it. Right, um, or whatever's going on in your personal life, I hope it. I hope you can handle bad better. 
<laughs> you know, make that happen. Uh, but what do the Warriors look like? Because from my perspective, I'm looking at it like Draymond's attitude has cost you one final. Yeah. Kevin Durant and potentially Jordan Poole. All right. You can look at it that way. But then also someone in the brain trust for the Warriors is going to say, we've also won multiple championships with Draymond. Yes. But the last two were very close in time. And what do you say? You only got that long leash if you producing. Right. So if you cost me KD and you about to cost me Jordan Poole and you're already somebody that is hard to handle, right? The league got its things, you know, referees and everything, and you only averaging nine points, <laughs> and you won thirty million. Right. I gotta make it. I gotta make a decision. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But it's a tough one, man. Yeah. But I, I honestly think with that punch, I think he sealed the deal anyway. Yeah. Like I think he took the decision out of their hands. Now, now they have you know a legit reason to get rid of Nas. You know, we want to keep the peace in the locker room. So we can go with the youth. You know what I mean? And see how that works out, right? Yeah. And so when you look at Draymond and you look at the league in general, and, you know, our players in this era all over are highly skilled, right? Um, and then there's a lot of times that they miss. I keep hearing that. I right. Hearing that. I, I don't I think, believe that. I think it, there's a misconception. I think people talk about skill and they only, I think that's just one part of the game. And there's one part. You know, they dribble well, more, I guess, I guess they say that because a little bit more athletic, more fluent. I don't even, right? I don't even see that. But what I'll say is, you know, a handful of guys, they do do more with the ball at times, right? But the other half of that is the coaching. Right, we've heard things like, um, you know, Kyrie and KD when they first got there talking about how they can coach themselves. Right, those are really highly skilled guys, and so where they mastered the game, and they feel like, shit, I can just go out here and do this thing. Right, you see the transfer portal, kids transferring schools, kids transferring college, um, people wanting to leave different areas, different teams, and a lot of parents getting in the way of coaches giving development that's needed to kids. And it's got me thinking is that are, are we losing the respect that's needed for our coaches? Are we allowing our coaches to be coaches? And do we truly understand how important that a coach is to a team and to somebody's life? Yeah, we're definitely, coaches are definitely losing respect. And don't get me wrong. Some coaches in the past have abused that opportunity, um, you know, uh, to help groom these young men and women. But overall, we we tend to think now that the coach is just a manager, you know, and people aren't realizing that. So you got Kyrie and KD, right? It's, there's only two people on a team. Those other guys got to get coached. I'm sorry, like, you know, because think about it, Kyrie and KD aren't, they're not vocal leaders mm -hmm. by nature. Mm -hmm. So if they're not, if they're not like LeBron type guys where they're going to put people in place and, and keep people um, going in the same direction on the court and off the court, yes, you need a coach. That's just bottom line. And um, I think they kind of, uh, you know, went overboard with that before Steve Nash was hired and um, it kind of backfired on them because, you know, as you go in through the season, you have some difficulties, you know, people are going to start thinking, hmm, they're really going to come down on Nash. 
And then rightfully so in some cases where he did make mistakes, but some other stuff was unwarranted. So, yeah, um, you know, you mentioned the transfer portal. College sports now, people don't realize it because people wanted the players to get paid, which is a good thing, okay? But what people don't realize is that eventually stuff's going to come out with gambling. Mm -hmm. Stuff's going to come out with people throwing games. And there's going to be a lot of internal strife amongst players just because this guy's getting paid X Mm. amount of dollars. This guy's not. It's going to be problems, man. Because we all know, like, college basketball season can change so quickly. You know, one, the all-conference point guard goes down, backup point guard comes in, and he steps in, and he's running the show. So when does he get paid? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, a, so it's an issue. Do you, do you play the starting point guard as soon as he comes back? You know, you typically don't want to let a player lose his spot because he was injured. But you never know. Because what if the new guy comes in and somebody in town, some Ben's dealership gives him a huge deal, mm-hmm. and they're a big time alumni, mm-hmm. big time booster. They're now you got to play. This kid's got to play. We got, like you said, got to play the money. So it's it's tough. There's going to be a lot of problems that come up, and and what and and what <laughs> our culture is supposed to be focusing on, right? Like tell them what a college coach is usually worried about. If you don't have that nil situation, the next yeah. opponent, right? The next opponent, making sure people are eligible. And making sure people are, um, you know, staying out of trouble, and they're in the gym. That's what a college coach is supposed to be doing, and and recruiting the next kid. Mm-hmm. But now you got college, major college programs that are adding to their staff because you got to have somebody to continuously watch the transfer portal. I'm talking about twenty four seven weekly reports on who's available, and you got to have somebody who's semi an accountant mm-hmm. and someone in public relations. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, of course, everybody had a sports information director. That job is a dinosaur now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, people just don't understand. Like, the guys that are in college now, this is how it goes. Every generation has it better. You had it better than I had. Mm -hmm. The next guy's got it better than you. And they're also able to generate more money now in terms of, um, you know, the money they receive each month, Pell Grants and all that stuff. And then... Um, you know, the NIL is just it's off the charts now. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to see in 10 years, and they have the statistics of everything, you're going to see that only a small percentage of people are getting paid. Listen, just like everything else. <laughs> and so now <clears throat> coaches can't be coaches all the way. Yep. Because, you know, you're trying to, somebody walks into your campus at 17, by the time they leave, their parent is hoping that you turn them into a man yeah. or a woman, you know, so they can handle bad better. But now you got to massage egos. Yep. You got to, everybody has a fixed interest yep. now, right? And then even now that trickles down to the grassroots. You know, I got something, uh, one of our parents sent us something about Norway and how, how they approach sports. And it's through an app and it, sports training and everything is all based on fun. The money that it costs is minimal. The government sponsors it. And it's more so about just getting kids out there and letting them play the sports and be kids while they're playing the sports. So they can generate a true love for the game. And then when they get old enough, they can go and specialize in something. But keeping everything at the at grassroots levels yeah. about being kids. Because now you're, trying, you're watching kids, that are parents that are pushing their kids to be 
pros at nine. Yeah, but there's no money in Norway for sports. Yeah. That's I mean it's different. Yeah. You know, it's um, you know, in the States. But they had the most Olympic Olympians now. Um, in the winter sports, and now they're starting to get up there. That's why they saying. That's why they brought it up because they're still getting success in pro athletes, but those right. kids are not getting burnt out, and the coaches can still right. give us a, a solid breakdown. The Olympics and professional sports different. Are completely different. Yeah, you know true. what I mean. And um, most Olympians, if you think about it, are people who have had a lifelong passion yeah. for the sport. You know, there's a lot of pros. Whether it be NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, whatever, some of them haven't played the game the entire their entire lives. Mm-hmm. They just all of a sudden sprouted up or became, you know, somebody knows oh, that kid's really fast. And yeah. Put you in those those situations to play. So it's it's mm-hmm. different, but I do like the fact that you know you give the kids a chance to play mm-hmm. because you know with our AAU basketball system in the states, we don't do that anymore. That's why I don't I don't even want to be a part of it anymore because it's too you know, it's too commercialized, um, and it's, it's too many people evolve uh, uh, around the game that don't really care about developing the kids. Man, and that's where I say the coaches are losing respect. Yeah, right. Um, partly is because people aren't understanding what's really important. But the other part is some of the people that are, are jumping into this coaching thing, they're using these kids. Yeah. I'm going to win with this group because they already got some people that are already solid. Right. And then that's going to propel me to my next job. Because from AAU, you can go. Oh, for sure. And you can go big time, right? But not understanding that generally, you know, some I remember coaches that would have a team at rec league from nine and under and then, you know, work with them until they're 11 and 12. And then now they got a solid foundation and they can go out private school and things like that. But if I see a team of some 10 kids that aren't very good right now, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not I'm not dealing with that. I want a, a ready-made product. Yeah. And that's right there is killing all of it. That's making coaches lose respect. Um, from parents. Making coaches lose love for the game. Yes, because those parents, that the coaches that do care, that do the free work, that take kids to school, they have to, that pick them up late, like that, that help, that village. They help build that village right. to help raise that kid. They don't get appreciated. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like do this for free. Like, you get this with pennies or peanuts. Right. You know, you don't get paid. You don't get rich off doing this. No, you just got to really have a passion right. about helping somebody. Helping people, yeah. You know? Um, but that that goes into how we'll end today, right? With the handling better, handling bad better. Man, again, thank you, Carol Lawson, for that because yeah. um, that's something that, you know, we need to be reminded of, you know? Because, you know, both of us get into a moment where we'd be like, damn, I can't catch a break. Right, right, right. Um, my boy hit me today. Something was going crazy. Like, damn, I can't catch a break. And then at the end of the day, something came to him. He's like, yo, I just had the craziest opportunity come to me. <laughs> and it's always like everybody's life is going to be tough. Right. Everything is going to be hard, right? Even if you're looking at somebody from the other side and you're like, yo, he got it. He's struggling like you are, but there's ones that make excuses and then there's ones that get shit done. Yep. Right. And no matter which way you flip the coin, the bad is going to be there. Right. That's just the way life is. Right. You just got to figure out how you're going to push through it. You know, Um, how was your what was your response to that? Well, she she basically touched on what I was going to end with tonight, which Mm. was um, go hard or go home. And 
no, I, this was this basically was a message to you know all of our hoop stars out there. Like you know, when you guys come to practice, mm. you know, joke time is over when you walk through the door. Let's get in some work. You know how we normally do. We get hard. We go hard and um, do our drill work. You know, get our skill skill work in. Do our you know com- build our competitiveness. You know, and then towards the end we get a chance to play. That's your reward. That's your that's the fun part. But you gotta. You got to go through the process to get to that part because when you do play, we want you to be able to play and have a chance to be successful. So if you're not going to go hard, just go home. Hmm. Go home. Man, talk about it, right? Because you're wasting somebody's time. Yep. Wasting somebody's money. And money, (laughs) right? And then to add on to that, something that goes right along with that and everything that we said, look, don't rush it. Right. Don't rush it. Don't look for the results too soon. Don't work for the results. Work for the work work for the fact that you love getting better you love seeing yourself improve because you actually want to do this just work don't rush it your time is coming everybody has their own timeline for everything but just work don't rush it don't rush it believe in it work at it as long as you're putting in your time you know you start to get anxiety and get anxious about things that you're not really good at when you aren't prepared right if you prepare if you know you're working just work, you know, just work. That's all it is, just work. And so with that, you know, <laughs> BTG Nation, that's episode two. You know how we'd say, um, Bridging the Gap podcast. You can find us TikTok, Instagram. Please subscribe, 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 like, share, get it all of it there. Um, we have our links to where you can find everything. Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB. You can find us online. Our YouTube is coming for Hoop Mountain DXB as well. Some new things are coming. So check in for that. You guys know how we end it. Keep it real. Keep it simple. And keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk. Gotta tune in, you already know, G. This BTG Nation and you wanted the homies. Just tune in, you already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.